Hey, this is Tyler from Saving Vice, and this is As the Story Grows. Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. I'm Brad Patton. This week, Tyler Small from Saving Vice joins the podcast. Saving Vice's latest single, Phantom Pain, was released back in July, and the band has been working on their sophomore LP. They're hitting the road mid-October, and you can find tour dates and tickets at savingvice.com. Tyler talks about using television and movies as lyrical inspiration, the struggle to be ahead of the curve creatively, and the ups and downs of trying new ideas musically. This conversation was a lot of fun, and I left this episode pretty sparse musically, so I hope you guys will jump on Spotify and give Saving Vice a listen. But after you check out this week's chat with Tyler Small, enjoy. Oh, so the noise has turned to silence, and the pain can't sing along. So the malice swallows kindness As your skin is peeling off The memories behind me Become an obstacle And the truth can't set me free But the lies could let me go Sorry, I'm cycling through the lights trying to find one that makes me not look less like I'm dead. Like, <laughs> more like I'm vampire dead because that's sexier. But anyways, all right. No, yeah. So my buddy, uh, he's one of my childhood friends from like, I have like, uh, you know, I had that like high school friend group. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, are the four horsemen as the, of the friend apocalypse, as we, we still call it from our, you know, childhood. And uh, one of uh, one of my buddies, he basically like when we did all our nerd or anime going to warp tour like that was like our whole life growing up and then um he does like super crazy like hacker cyber security for some someone he can't tell me in dc <laughs> but yeah he's totally helped me when i got fucked on my playstation account before i basically got like some bullshit happened that some virus piggybacked <laughs> on something and like locked me out of the psn network and he like was just like got me back nice. in. i've been fine ever since yeah so That's yeah. Rad. so yeah dc i'm very fond of dc because of this experience you know yeah yeah it's great yeah there are always people like it's weird i grew up here and i moved away and like i'm back that's always yeah. weird because it's like you have that friend who it's like they can't tell you what they work on or my wife is doing a project now and she's like yeah it's top secret and she has to carry her laptop everywhere or else government so, secrets yeah, go out of those jobs uh yeah at the moment she does what can you tell me about her job she's in construction (laughs) my brain my brain went to the death star immediately like like like, i just thought of star wars just like what does your wife do she's in construction like she's Uh, like got the blueprints for the star killer base oh my gosh 
No, that's that's funny. Yeah, I was just watching. I, I watch a lot of spy movies, so I love that. <laughs> but yeah, that's tight. Uh, yeah, Washington D.C. See how much we see how much we just talked about from that one piece of information. It's great. It's, it's wonderful. I've been admiring your your backdrop all your your fun. Oh yeah, I can't take credit. Um, my my girlfriend actually just spent the last three weeks redoing this entire wall. The the couch is all new. I can show you guys if you want to see. Right. We went with the full gothic horror mansion. That's like who she is. It's a lifestyle. She would say. <laughs> but um, this side is mine, but you can't see it. But I have like this part is just the shrine to myself. It's like my reunion art and saving vice stuff. And then this whole wall is just Star Wars and Marvel and anime pretty much. But yeah, it's like the whole apartment is like we've pretty much covered every inch of the wall to the point where we literally have to put stuff in storage to put anything on the wall. And, and, and on top of that, like, it, it, it literally was kind of funny because I just got like my studio set up. So, because I was trying to record like pre production demos and stuff, yeah. for, especially over quarantine, we all learned to record because we had to because mm -hmm. we live all in different states. And uh, we figured out there's so much shit on the walls of my apartment that it literally dampened the sound so I can record in here. That's nice. So I, didn't, yeah, I didn't have to insulate my apartment because I literally have something covering like every square foot of my walls. That's amazing. Because we're like minimalists with way too much nesting. like <laughs> So it's like we have like, oh, we're like, yeah, let's get a cute little one bedroom and then literally just like deck the halls. But yeah. <laughs> Now you know all about my decorating. I don't know if you came here to talk about my That's band. That's awesome. I'm I'm here to talk about whatever <laughs> wherever the conversation leads and whatever is fun. So, that's all, we'll, all we'll talk about the band. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you, well, let's go back. Did you grow up in Vermont? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. What was what was that like? Um, I feel like very sheltered. Yeah. If I'm being honest, um, but very awesome. Like I think Vermont is like over the past year specifically is the best place you could have been when all everything was happening because rather depending on how you look at it, like if you wanted to maybe not feel removed, but you know, walk out of your house and not feel like the world was ending, yeah. it was a good place to be for mental health. Like I've always felt that way that like this is a place I'd always want to live. It just, the one of the best things about it is that it's so peaceful and not a lot happens. But the problem is, is that it gets very old and very stale. Yeah. So, you know, one of the best parts about the whole lifestyle of being a musician is getting to go and experience all the craziness. And then when you get burnt out on it, you don't live in it. You get to go home and like, I can go and be isolated. Like where everywhere we've practiced or recorded has been removed from everything. Like both mm -hmm. our practice spaces are in these, peaceful quiet little nowhere towns we can walk everywhere and there's no one we know because that's like the environment we thrive in when we're not doing stuff because we all get like socially and overwhelmed and we all have so much going on it's like too much stimulation from other people as much as we all love having friends and stuff is just overwhelming because nothing ever stops you know i've yeah. got my computer i've been on my computer on video today for <laughs> 11 hours you know like so it's like you finally get that time and you're just like i just want to walk to the coffee shop and then just do the band stuff and practice and not fucking be bothered by anyone because like my brain can't take it like and it sucks <laughs> because you want to have all that energy for every single 
person and friend and family member and fan and business interaction and everyone and like it runs out and when you're like and it always makes me think back to when i used to try to like communicate with like musicians i was a big fan of when i was younger and when i felt like granted like i always understood like okay they're busy they're doing all this stuff but like anytime i felt slighted by the lack of attention it's like it you you really have an understanding for like how mentally draining it is to be in that position and yeah. we're not even like famous so <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like i'm saying all that from a person who like is relatively a noob in this yeah. whole game so i can't even imagine what it's like when you kick it up to that level that you know i'm talking about but yeah yeah i I know i'm a big fan of like long answers to short questions but sorry about that that's cool well there's another one what got you into music oh man music got me into music i mean i've loved (laughs) music as long as i've been alive and if if it wasn't like the aladdin theme song it was hansen or like fucking def leppard or lincoln park or something i mean i've always like I know, I know. I feel like to me, music is a lot of what makes me love music is like, I don't want to say like movies made me like music, but there's something about the cinematic storytelling and like emotional roller coaster of movies mm-hmm. where music takes a huge role in that. And for me, music that always impacted me the most, like, carried me somewhere as if it was taking me through that emotional roller coaster and like that's why i think that's why like there's such a small amount of happy music that appeals to me because like when i'm usually going through it and i need music it's not because i'm stoked so it's like I'm not, i don't i don't really need music to put me in a good mood most of the time i need music to help me relate to how shitty i'm feeling or make me feel like it's a, it's something bigger and that's how i feel like it's like when you are listening to a band that really connects with you, mm-hmm. they're giving you this cinematic, like epic world or illusion in your head that is like understanding your pain and then taking it through this like story almost. And that's what, like what music's always felt like. I think that's why movies and like are such a big inspiration to me when I write because parts in movies have made me feel more than some music ever has, you know? And like, I want to, put that feeling into the music storytelling so rather than just be in the the melodies or the rhythm or the lyrics themselves like i want to be able to translate that same feeling and that's why we when we use our one of the reasons we are so big on backtracks is like i know backtracks can be controversial with some people but like i feel like it's necessary to create the atmosphere that you want and like for us it's like when i when you come to a saving by show i want you to feel like when you feel that booming like score in the background when Thanos or Darth Vader is talking, like I want you to feel that when our music is playing, you know? Yeah. And the backtracks are that to me. Like I'll look to like movies and action sequences to give me inspiration for like progressions when we're trying to do backtrack buildups and stuff like that. And uh, that's like re- my favorite part of like as far as after writing the vocals and stuff goes, like my favorite part of the actual studio process is just going through all the cool sound effects and instruments and noises and trying to create this illusion that matches the movie I see in my head, I guess. I yeah. Yeah. You talked about using movies as like lyrical inspiration. Like 
is that something where you're writing like you're just like all right i really loved like house on haunted hill like i want to write a song that encaptures that like that's yeah yeah it's it's um it's exactly like that and it's like i just for me so how i write usually is like i'll i write on the spot like slam poetry but i have like a log of lyrics and notes so anytime a rhyme or a lyric or i hear a a sentence in a movie that's just a really cool one-liner that i really like i just write it down and i record it and i document it and i have this whole <laughs> like I, you know what here just for the, your interview i'll make it something special here i'm going to go into my actual notes that has like my entire list of shit for all the sv stuff <laughs> right now. and i'm going to read you some random shit and then if you hear this in a song later Y'all know this. You you can understand how small the first idea was before it became something big. And there might even be stuff in here from songs we already have. Nice. So okay, so here's the first one. Reunion is the name of my brand. That was a thing I wrote in here just as a lyrical (laughs) thing, which is a lyric in a song I'm writing, like reunion, but that's a different thing. Uh, let's see. Only at the end do you understand Star Wars. Yeah. I love that. I love that line. Um, let's see. Oh, sorry, I, I got my I got mixed up with my folders because I have one that's all tattoo ideas too, but they all <laughs> sound like lyrics. <laughs> this is one me and Chase just came up with. The pigment is pouring. Uh, we just liked that. I don't know. Like, um, this was something. This is actually like my headline on my Facebook. It's from um, the show Angel, which is like a spinoff of Buffy. Yeah. If you ever followed that, oh, yeah, oh yeah if nothing we do matters then all that matters is what we do i want to name our next album that but i know the band won't let me but if it does happen <laughs> you can hear it first right now <laughs> but i really love that quote um you know um my grandmother at her like 86th birthday i was just at said this at when she blew out her candles i'm young enough to know i'm old enough to know but young enough to learn and i wanted i really thought that would be a cool lyric or a song name yeah but yeah, that's how it'll kind of like, you know, penny and dime just from Punisher. You know what I mean? I just thought it'd be cool, like a really ass kicking song. But it's like, you might, that might end up just being a lyric that rhymes with something that rhymes with dime. Like that's how my writing goes. It's like, I just want to make the, the words as entertaining and unique as possible Yeah. while delivering what I'm trying to elicit, I guess. So it's like, you know how many times have you heard the same line by the same band right and even we do it i'm sure without meaning to you know it's like we've got song names like so phantom pain the song we're dropping next friday i wrote that song well me and chase you know we all we wrote that song last july like in 2000 over the pandemic and we named the song the day we wrote it and Beartooth's EP just had a song called Phantom Pain on yeah. it. Yeah. Artwork and everything. Like the same fucking, like, it <laughs> the same. And then they dropped a song about, like, dysmorphia and being insecure, which is literally one of our next songs I'm writing is about. And it's a complete coincidence because, like, that's, like, been my whole experience with music is having ideas that I'm like, okay, this is different. No one's doing this. And before I can execute it, a band way more famous than me does the exact same fucking thing with the exact color theme, the exact lyrics, but like, no, I mean, no one cares. No one's going to believe me. It doesn't matter. It's, right, you, right. You missed the boat. 
So my whole, but that's been like a curse with me and music is yeah. like every time I try to get ahead of the game, I end up doing the exact perfect marketable thing <laughs> that every other <laughs> band is about to do. Like when I cut, I cut the sleeves off my denim jacket and was like, I'm going to bring back denim vests. And then Hot Topic started selling denim vests and <laughs> every band on Warped for wore denim vests that exact summer. Like I still remember that to this day because I remember going into Hot Topic because I got my jacket like $10 on clearance, made it myself. And the following summer I went back in and they were selling cut off denim jackets for like <laughs> $50. And there was like, these guys are literally paying $40 more for something I did last year for yeah. like, and that's like, that's how fashion and music trends are. It's, it's hard because you want your art to be so genuine and real and true to your heart. But it's like, if it like to, if you want to make it in the industry, you have to stand out. Yeah. So if you do something, no matter how creatively honest it was, but it just looks like the same thing everyone else was doing, like that sucks. And that's kind of where that all kind of comes from, you know? Yeah. It's not I'm like, oh, it's not a, like, oh, I had all these ideas first, but it's more of a like, oh shit, like all my best ideas I can't use because someone else got seen doing it first. That's kind of what the industry is with pretty much anything though. Right. You know, it could be fossil fuels to you know, toothpicks, like, uh, right. And especially in metalcore, where it's like, you know, the yeah. scene and the yeah. sound yeah. has been like so much the same thing for 10 years now, since like under Earth exploded, it's just like every band kind of has that similar speaking vibe. Of, speaking of under Earth, that new song is so fucking good. I it's really good. Like, I have a, yeah. <laughs> I listened to it like 20 times today. I feel like it's like if disambiguation had Aaron on it. Yeah. 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 yeah, but no, yeah, exactly. No, what you're saying is true. It's like it's so hard to stand out in metalcore, and I feel like we're in a perfect little pocket right now where like from first to last bands are coming back, and like attack attack metalcore is coming back. Yeah, and it's weird because our whole thing when we started was almost like a joke, where we were just like, hey, we just want to bring back that like. Asking Alexandria 2010's Rise Core stuff, everyone secretly misses, but make it more hardcore. Yeah. Like, and that was what Saving by Starting was. Like, that's what Hell Here was supposed to be. And it's like, that's like our most famous song. But like, it's, it's, it was supposed to, we, we wanted to bring that style back, but not make it as cheesy, you know, and like have the, have the music, the things that musically made it so appealing, but try to take itself more seriously, I guess. Yeah. And that was kind of what it started as. And then now that whole wave has come back and it's been perfect for us because our older music from like 2018 and stuff has been blowing up more because we were doing it ahead of time. Yeah. So it was one of those weird times where like we were ahead of the curve too much where it didn't really go off quite it, like it went really well, but not as well as we wanted it to. But now later like things are ca it's it's weird how that works like well that, that's why we try to write like every song in the album like with a different sound in mind like hey you know what we really like this we think this is really cool i don't know if people are gonna vibe with it mm -hmm. but it'll be out there and maybe in five years everyone will be doing this and this song will suddenly be everyone's favorite song on the album. like i you know like yeah. I, because i'm a firm believer in that because like there's a lot of bands i listen to all the time now who i used to hate and the cool thing about that is when you finally like get warmed up to a band that you didn't like, 
you have like six albums to just binge like it's dope and so i i, I always look at it like hey we, we might release something that not everyone loves today but maybe 10 years from now they have like 50 songs they love to jam all at once and you know you got to kind of look at it that way yeah yeah i recently talked to uh aaron from of mice and men and um i i didn't listen to them because they're part of that rise record scene that was blowing up yeah. and i was just like that was not my thing at the time and so i never listened to them and i got he's sent still, the new ep he's still bassist right uh he's the vocalist now yeah you don't know but before because i yeah, 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 yeah i yeah. remembered him from um because I used to jam Jamie's elsewhere. Yeah, Jamie's elsewhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was like I listened to their new EP and I was like, "Oh, this is dope." And then I went back and listened to their older stuff, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm a fan of this band. I like this band." <laughs> I I feel like like I never I never liked Austin Carlyle as as a person, but I always liked his music. And then after the flood, I didn't care about anything him or Mice and Men did until the most recent stuff that my cement dropped yeah like uh obsolete and all that like yeah yeah timeless and bloom yeah because it was like those later albums it was like aaron was already the vocalist and austin was in the in the background just repeating lines like why are you, like it, he was kind of obsolete as they you know right yeah. i'm <laughs> ago and so i, I just didn't really uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't really caught up with it. And Jamie's elsewhere, I feel like Aaron was the best part about that band because everything else was just ripped off from Attack Attack and Ask Alexandria on their old shit. Like to the point where you can like put songs next to each other and it's blatant. And so, I mean, good for him getting to have a second shot because like I would hate for my legacy to go down as just being like, yeah, that band that dropped that, that that dropped that one like C tier asking album that, but you know now he's got he took over the whole band, you know, and he and he's a great vocalist. I it's cool that they, they still do the like actual like metal thing. Mm-hmm. If that would you want when I say that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if there was a Metallica style of metalcore, it would be like Kill Switch Engage yeah. of Mice Men. You know, like yeah. that's they. They still like are up there like we're gonna grow our hair all greasy and like just <laughs> and just like shred with our like you know locks and just write tasty riffs and but it's not riff salad yeah it's like still structured you know yeah well how did saving vice get started oh man dude i don't know that's I'm, that's a story i've been trying to figure out a way to condense for interviews for like four <laughs> years but um how do I, I'm going to try to do this in like bullet points that are not going to give you all the details, but we'll at least give you the timeline. So pre me, why don't we just do this? Like, <laughs> like BC or AF, how are we going to do it before Tyler? So we'll call it BT. Yeah. So in some, some year BT, Robbie, our guitarist started the band in his dorm room at St. Michael's college in Vermont. And he Craigslisted a bunch of dudes from around the area. One was a dude from Boston who was living in Vermont. One was Chase. One was our previous drummer, Evan, who was also going to the same college. They wrote some songs. Robbie used to play bass, but write all the guitar. Now he plays guitar in the band because it makes sense because he's always written most of the guitar. Um, they did a couple like, you know, porch local bar shows, whatever. They did their thing. They had another vocalist. They went back and forth. They hit me up to do merch for them to like model merch. And then 
found out I used to do vocals and all that. And then I hit them up basically being like, oh yeah, I'm done with music, but I'd love to maybe help you guys out because I want to be involved. I ended up joining for a couple of shows in the summer. Next thing you know, we had a manager, we played Warped Tour and all that just kind of evolved from there. And then so that was all like 2017 was the first year I joined the band. We played some local shows, found a manager, kind of made a plan, revamped the whole band and like officially released it as like the saving vice it is now in 2018. We dropped Exhale and then we dropped the Colder Than Dark EP. We did like the Warped Tour thing, played a couple of festivals. And then we wrote Hello There, dropped Hello There, you know, did like a couple of small tours. And uh, that was pretty much, it just kind of grew from there. We just kept trying to like one up everything we were doing. You know, it's like we tried to have better gear, a better live show, better recordings, better merch. Like what does a label do? Cause like it was, I'd always felt like we had that you had to be signed. And then we kind of realized that you don't have to be signed. You just have to be able to do the jobs yeah. that able does. So we taught ourselves to do merch, marketing, royalties. You know, we have main LLC, we have BMIs, we have people who run social media, we have different jobs and we just kind of like built on it and built on it. And, uh, quarantine, you know, the pandemic really fucked us because we were an independent band. So when we weren't playing shows, that was literally all of the show money we made for the past four years went directly into funding all our videos and our recordings and everything. Like we, we still don't make money off the band yet. Mm -hmm. Like all goes into funding us. So that was really rough for us because we like tried to keep up writing music and releasing music and doing stuff to not, cause we just dropped this album. We spent all this money yeah. planning and then we played one show and everything got canceled. So we were, we just spent all of that year trying to desperately keep the ship afloat because we yeah. don't know hey when is the vaccine happening is, is music ever coming back and that was like the scariest thing ever and like it's still like we all got a lot out of it but it, it still blows my mind that we came out of the quarantine like still as a band with how hard it was but uh yeah you know here we are trying to like get back on the horse and like we have shit we haven't announced yet but you know we're ready to we just got our new van and we're gonna go do what we were trying to do you know in that 2020 you know and we're gonna go tour and that's that's pretty much the the short version of from there to now you know yeah yeah it's kind of a a, a real bitch that like february 2020 you're putting out this album all bright-eyed bushy tail we're gonna go tour and like take over and then like nope you can't do nothing now <laughs> no, it, and it was like and i've told the story so many times that it starts to sound like self-promoting but like we basically like we booked our album release show. It was the first time we had played in Burlington in our hometown's biggest venue ever. Like since since our first summer playing shows, we opened for Double Risk Prada at Higher Ground, which is like the venue in Vermont. This is the first time we've been here in four years. And we headline, we sell it out. It's like the best show of our lives. And like the whole world feels like it's in front of us. And like to the same day, by the next Saturday, everything was shut down. And like our tour we were planning was canceled, all of our, and it was just like, dude, we just, and like we spent like just like on just the album alone and that whole bundle spent like 10 grand out of pocket, oh. you know, doing this. And like, so we had to just spend more and more money trying to push it and release more stuff, like trying to figure it out, you know, and like, uh, that's, that's one of those times where, you know, maybe having a label would have been better, but. You know, it's kind of those things. It's like we would love to have a label if it was the right deal, but it's at the end of the day, it's a bank. Like anything you get, you owe back later. Yeah. And 
sometimes, you know, no, I feel like we, we know we could have done this if, you know, we hadn't gotten in our nuts clips, so to speak. So we're, you know, we're down to like, keep trying to be DIY as long as we can. You know, we put the work in to do it, you know, to try to learn what we could because like, Hey, like it's really hard to thrive and like make a living as a band in the scene and the genre, especially after everything. So it's like anything we can keep and do ourselves obviously is dope, but like, when it comes to it, there's there's definitely some things in this industry where just having the fucking people in your corner like makes all the difference. But there's always a cost or a trade-off, you know? What, uh, what led to your decision to cover Bring Me to Life? So we just like, okay, so that's kind of funny because like this band, like, so we had like a couple other members that are part of the lineup as far as like, you know, if you go back to our music videos, you'll see three dudes that you don't see anymore. You know what I mean? Like as far as we can go back, we have argued and never agreed on cover songs like ever and we all love like old school like new metal and 90s you know goth rock all that kind of stuff and bring me to life just happened to come across the table and no one disagreed for like the first <laughs> time that was the song we went with and we didn't really put all that much into it um we were gonna try to shoot a video or like a studio video for it but quarantine happened yeah. so we actually recorded it when we got done recording hello there back okay so we recorded hello there january february 2019 so we sat on it and spent the next full year planning all the videos and the whole campaign and everything so we could tour on it and blow it all up and make this our big debut yeah so that was why, so that was why quarantine hit us so fucking hard like this was like like you know 17 months of planning all laid out like the mcu you know what i mean i just i yeah. thought of the mcu <laughs> Like that was how I planned. I was like, um, we're going to do this video three months. We do this video and then we drop this and then we announce this and boom, we do this. And then we hit, you know, it's like, so we recorded it way back then. And we recorded bring me to life because we had extra time in the studio. So we literally just tracked it on the last day before we left. And we're like, we'll just sit on this until we need something to drop and we'll shoot a video. And then over quarantine, we're like, well, we had this bullet in the chamber that we hadn't shot. We might as well shoot it now while like shit's, you know, everything's hitting the fan. And that was just, so we just dropped it on its own. And it's one of our most streamed songs we've ever dropped. But it's like all of our accidental stuff is like that. Like the Black Ice Acoustic, yeah. we spent $200 on that. And it's <laughs> one of the, it, like, I think the top streamed song on our Spotify. Wow. And it's took the, and it was the least amount of thought and effort. I actually shot the video for that song in the morning before going to track vocals for hello there i actually went to a cemetery at like five in the morning and shot the music video and then went and recorded all day like that was like that's how we've just always done it but it's it's weird how that stuff works out and like i i love that song and i love the lyrics and i love everything but i still go back and i can't i can't watch that video <laughs> like it's like it's like cringy to me and i know why people like it and like i like the song but I feel like if I could go back, I would have executed it differently. But I feel like that's like what being in a band is, you know? And like, I always say like, once I put it out there, it's, I want to enjoy the, everything I make, but it's not really for me. 
Yeah. It's for other people. And it might be something for them that it'll never be for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talked about recording and writing over quarantine, taking everything in-house. You're releasing this new single, Phantom Pain. Talk about that decision. Like, I mean, you had to keep this machine going. Was it just like, hey, we want to have new material when we're out there because we'll be sick of fellow there? Or was it just like, ways that you never know how long quarantine is going to go and yeah, if we yeah. want to be a band we got to keep having stuff to put out so we put up two we put too much out last year yeah we dropped an, we dropped an album a piano cover an evanescence cover an acoustic motionless and white cover and the binary ep which is like one of our most more popular things we've done which is pretty sweet because that was like just us trying to that was literally us just trying to like wave our dicks around and just be like look how heavy we can be like you know and it, it was yeah. just like because it, it almost is like yeah we make this music because we like to but don't think we can't go as hard as anybody like it was what it was you know it's like I, we wanted to write music that would let us open for chelsea green we wanted to like <laughs> be able we want to be able to make a set list and play with those bands because we like yeah. that shit and we we put it in our music and like we make the we were like yeah we put that out like then we can just make this whole set of just you know ass beaters like because we like it that too you know but it was just like hey we're over quarantine we might as well experiment but the decision to like with fan pain i mean a lot of it comes down to just the attention span of fans these days unfortunately like they don't like we dropped an album not to even two years ago yet and like but like within the first six months people were like wondering when new music was coming like you know i don't think there's an appreciation like you know under us used to do an album cycle every two years yeah you know it was like and that was like expected but now it's like you drop something and it's if you don't have another single out within six months people like kind of write you off and forget about you unless you're so established or really big that like they can't so it was that kind of fear of keeping up with that. And it's another reason why I think albums, at least for bands at our scale, don't make sense anymore. Because it's like the in, the time and money that goes into making an album for like the month people will appreciate it unless yeah. the viral is like not worth it, which is why Falling Reverse has been killing it. They dropped like three songs in the past three years, I feel like. And mm -hmm. they're on top of the game, you know, it's like just, and we put that much effort into every song on the album anyways. Like we we wrote every song and allow there to be a single. That's why we did a video for almost every song. Like we don't put filler on it. We don't write filler. We don't like every song has to be good enough that if that's the song everyone likes the most, it's the best song kind of thing. Like that's so with uh it just came down to like, hey, we we can't not release another song. So, but we were going to wait until at least shows were coming back. Yeah. Cause that would make sense. Then we could at least like ride off of it and like our name would be around and we could actually go out and support the brand, you know? So we, we wrote the demo. Like I said, like we had like had the lyric, like Robbie wrote the beat and the instrumentals. And then we had said, I had had some lyrics written and then we basically went to the studio for a day to hang out and just decided to write and track the whole demo in a day and we did and then presented it to the rest of the band and we we're like this is fan of pain you know and like our manager and was like this is gonna be the next single and then we've been writing since i mean we have we have enough songs to write another album or so easily 
um, that we're sifting through. There's other stuff in the works that obviously I can't bring up yet, but um, that was like the song we've just been sitting on. And then once we realized shows were coming back and we started actually booking again and buying a van, we went and re-recorded it with Randy, who did Hello There, Randy from If I Were You, and uh, started planning this whole campaign. So like, yeah, this is like been a, we've probably been working on, I think, I don't remember, I think we filmed a video in May or something like that. Then yeah. like, I directed and wrote the video treatment. Like we wanted to make it super, we really got it down to it. Like I got to hand draw the merch designs, the entire whole video and the whole theme was just like my movie, vision like i wanted to make you'll you'll see once it comes out but uh yeah is this dropping after we release the song can i talk it is about yeah okay oh. yeah the, the single is out now right now boom you've seen it i no i've not seen the video i only heard the song oh i've only what'd heard you it think? what'd you think the song's cool it's very different it's got some new yeah. metal corn-esque vibes that i dig like it's it's one of those things it's like it's different enough from like your average metalcore song to catch your ear, which I like. The corn thing, I've never uh, like. Obviously, like we've shown it to everyone we personally know in the industry to get feedback. And mm -hmm. said corn, that's cool because I never listened to corn. That was supposed to be like a ghost main, motionless and white kind of okay vibe. Like at least like that wasn't like oh hey we want to write it like that, but it was like when when Chase was gonna start rapping, we were like it can't be like trap like yeah. that's not who we are it won't sound natural no one will buy it it'll make you sound like a clown like you can't do it that's not what we are but it's like i love the idea of the spoken word rhythm because chase's screams have always sounded like rap being screamed like that's his how he writes in his rhythm and his structure so it was like okay let's at least do like this the cool vocal effect stuff we do with the screams and kind of bury it where you're yell screaming you're not really like you're not like oh yeah what like trying to get all like culturally with it in a way that doesn't make sense for who we are that would seem totally pandering like we didn't want to do that so but that's cool that you dropped brought the corn thing i because like our whole thing is like hey the next song we're writing is heavy as fuck like as heavy as colder than dark hello like what like current spirit box level shit yeah. but we obviously all know that yeah this song is probably gonna hit home with a much broader audience we've ever hit before mm -hmm. but we do understand that some of our fans who followed us since the beginning might be a little like okay this is different so i'd love to know what your thoughts are regarding that where that balance was like do you think we did that well with like keeping that old sound prevalent but making it feel new <sighs> yes i mean so i heard the single first this this was presented yeah. to me. I heard the single, I dug it, and I said, "Yeah, let's let's chat." And then I went back and listened to everything from there, um, which oh, is so kind. You of, heard the new song first. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's, no, that actually that actually makes this unique because you're the first person who's interviewed me who hadn't heard our other stuff before the new song. So that's nope. different. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you can see how the music progresses and i think you mentioned like wanting to always do something different and take each track on its own and not be like this album has this sound so um yeah i think it, it encapsulates the band it's it's very different but it's not like different in a bad way it's like yeah, yeah well, it's I, I feel like the whole problem with like us is like we want to we are our 
stomach uh, like i don't know our eyes are bigger than our stomachs like <laughs> it always has been we've always done everything like hey this could blow us up if we do it right like you know what i mean like if we do this right and the rice person sees it no matter how small whether it's opening for product playing work tour for one day like if we do it right someone could see us and this could be the thing that blows us up to that level and we've had to have that mentality with everything because we're that so when it came to like trying to do something different and risky it was hard because it was like okay so like everyone's trying to do the same shit all the time whenever mm -hmm. something new comes along so like how do we take what what's different about everything that everyone is kind of looking for but not seem like we're trying to just do that same thing and it was that was kind of what phantom pain was was like hey like how do we appeal to like what everyone obviously wants to hear that like we're listening to because like we're all listening to most of the same music everyone else is you know we're getting inspired by the same stuff but it's like how do we avoid sounding like every other band getting inspired by the same stuff and that was what phantom pain was was just us trying to like take elements of what is trending that we like and just infuse it into what we're already doing and obviously if it was on an album we wouldn't be worried about it because yeah. you would just hit next and then you would hear a death course song probably but when you're dropping singles it's like okay this has to like not completely discourage and turn people off who love our other stuff and still grab new people and that's kind of is the first time we've really done something like that we, this is the riskiest single we've ever dropped like everything else we put out was a sure thing for us you know and it was like this is definitely someone is going to be like oh they're pandering to the new bring me the horizon hip-hop blah 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 and then someone else is going to be like oh they masterfully blended it all together but i feel like no, like anyone who doubts it isn't going to understand until our next song comes out where we're like don't worry yeah here's like some crazy darko shit like you know what i mean like, i don't know yeah right i'm one of those people like i love black metal i could listen to like a hundred mad ball albums in a row right like yeah I, but like that's just good and i enjoy it it's not yeah. like i'm like oh it's just like yeah i like this so when something comes along that's different it's like oh, oh they're doing something unique and different here yeah. and i think that's that's where phantom pain hit me was like oh this is something different than just like here, here's some yeah attack attack core and, like yeah and i appreciate that and i feel like i think that i think that most the reason we're comfortable doing it is i feel like most people are open to hearing they want to hear something new that sticks out to them that makes me like when you heard something like when you first heard attack attack when no one was doing that electronic metal core and you were like oh fuck, this is about to be the next thing like you want to be the first band to do that but yeah. it's it's hard when you don't know like is is everyone does everyone want change some people don't but i think it's more so the whole fear of like i think way more people would be open to those changes if they knew it wasn't going to change the sound forever like i was really disappointed like under oath is my favorite band of all time and i was not impressed with the race me like i understand what they were trying to do i understand blah 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 but like see i, I loved like, it I see I like a lot of different genres and I liked like three songs on it like three songs a lot and it's not like I thought any of the songs were bad at all but it but like 
that band has like been driving through my core my whole life and now i suddenly they drop an album where like two songs really relate to me and the rest of it i was like it just isn't grabbing me and so for me it was like oh man like i guess like that's the band they are now like i still support <laughs> them i'll still go see them like i still love all their old music but i'm not gonna really get excited about new music and then they dropped the song they dropped the other day and i was yeah. instantly just like okay so they they were just trying something else yeah they still got it and that's like what we want to show our fans like hey we're gonna do that's why with hello there we tried to do such a spectrum of like radio rock to deathcore was be like we wanted people to be like oh it's like don't worry like they'll do a deathcore song next week like i want our fans to never worry that we're gonna stop making the shit that made them love us and that's kind of like what our whole release schedule has sort of been trying to build so far i yeah. guess yeah and dropping singles it's it's not like you're committed to this sound for a whole album it's like we recorded one song yeah. this is one song and it might not even be on an album right you know? and and it's yeah. on spotify and if you like it add it to your playlist and if you hate it here's every other song we've ever written that you can pick yeah. and choose from your favorites because that's how we consume music now it's like if you hate yeah. it okay well that sucks for us but not for you you could still be a fan of our other songs <laughs> yeah and it's like if you think about it too it's like if when you start to think about music on that level like hey it's like if you really support a band and care about them and want them to keep making music and keep thriving like you need them to be successful and it's like if they need to drop a fucking dubstep remix <laughs> because it's going to get them like millions more streams and more money so they can keep making the metalcore album they really want to make don't get mad at them just know they're doing it for you like yeah. you know what i mean it's like we're it's like they might be doing it because it was like that or they break up and if you had a choice of like your favorite band breaking up or releasing music you hated so they could thrive no one is gonna pick the right unless they're one of those like elitist douchebags who shouldn't have an opinion anyways so and that no one else cares about so you know yeah but that's also how i see it like it's like just try to i try to look at it like hey like i just i'm glad they're not broken up because like, when you're in a band it's like you put your whole life on the line you 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 go without health insurance you do this whole thing you put everything into other people when any other person in this group could make the slightest fuck up and ruin your whole career and everything you've built and risk your life on so it's like i try to look at every band like i'm just glad they're still going mm -hmm. Hard. it's a hard life and it's a hard commitment and i so many people like are just so hard like i don't even read youtube comments like i don't look at like people shit on facebook because like it's a bunch of like losers in their bedrooms who have no grasp on what it takes to make it in the industry having opinions with no with no information to back it up and like no precedent that they understand and it's just like i used to be that kid you know i would talk shit on bands and then i'd hang out with them when i got more network you know networking and like Realize these days are really totally awesome dudes who are just trying to do their thing and like I used to just shit on them because they didn't like their music like right such a fucking loser <laughs> like that's how I feel so when I see people like that I'm just like dude you're just like oh man fuck this like you're so fucking lame dude like you're such a like tool go do something with yourself like I was because I hate myself for being like that when I was like that yeah and that's how I said people it's just like God, you don't even realize like you could have been just making the music you wanted them to make which is what i decided to do is i'm just gonna go make the metal core no other band is making 
that I want to hear. And that's why my favorite, my favorite band is Saving Rice. Yeah. And like, if you're, if the music you're making isn't your favorite band, I don't know if you're doing it for the right reasons. Like, it, you know, it's cause it's like, it should have that meaning or sound that like means the most to you. You know what I mean? If you're like, and that's what it is for us. It's like, we're writing the music that like, this is the coolest thing my favorite brand, band could drop right now. That's what Phantom Pain is to us. Phantom Pain is the song I wish Ask Alexandria, Falling in Reverse, Spirit Box, whoever. I wish they'd all come together and write this song because that's what we wanted to hear. And like, I feel like if you stick to that, if I could give another musician a piece of advice, it's like, right? If, if you're, if you, when you hear a band, if you're like, fuck, the vocalist doesn't do this high scream anymore, or they don't write like this, or there's no breakdowns, go write the song with all of that shit that you want to hear and just put it into reality yourself. And if you really can't and you really don't have the will to do it, it's like maybe you should just shut the fuck up and have your opinion to yourself. Like, I don't know. It's like, that's what I learned from going from a fan to being in a band. Mm-hmm. Just shut the fuck up and like have a little respect for the people trying to follow their dreams. Like, I don't know. And if the band has a long career, like you're going to get tired of playing the same thing every night for 12 Dude, years, right? Like, like, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm famous for correcting myself when i'm wrong i used to hate get scared like get scared is one of my favorite bands i used to hate devil wears prada i devil wears prada is one of my favorite bands like it, it it goes on i mean it's just like there's shit they drop like sleeping with sirens i've always listened to but never cared about and then they released my favorite music of their entire career in the past two years yeah. you know it's like you know, and like so many people, are like, oh yeah, they're burnt out. Like Memphis Mayfire just released the best shit they've dropped since the Hollow. <laughs> that was in like 2010. They literally just in 10 years, they just finally beat themselves. And it's like you can't just give up on someone. It's like people are gonna have a bad day at work, and that's what being a musician is. It's like you know, you're gonna put your heart into it, and it, it sucks how like passionate fans are and how passionate you can be as a fan. But I feel like not enough people stop and look at like how heartless are you as a fan sometimes and like how like how hard do you critique a band and like not really have a real reason to and like I feel like I don't know I, I feel like that's like it's kind of like retail where it's the food service where it's like I think everyone should have to go be a waiter or work for <laughs> for two months just to have that humility like go be a musician go drop a song yeah. on YouTube hashtag all of your favorite bands on it and then you read every single comment and you tell me that you don't feel a little bit like an asshole for something you did you know what i mean yeah and like, i think yeah that's this that's just like the world and like i don't you just kind of have to accept that people are shitty but i have a platform i'm gonna fucking use it to tell you that if you're a fucking person who does that you're an asshole and just stuff <laughs> like so because i get to say this in interviews and you don't so because you didn't make the fucking music Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. 
Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. Oh, no.